Welcome to DMZ Live, RB11 here. Charles here. So everybody is so super excited about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Um, they just can't believe they're dating. I literally couldn't believe for a long time, but they're dating. Mm -hmm. And you would think that the the biggest cheerleader would be Donna. Travis Kelsey's mom, Donna, because remember, Donna was the one that was sitting in the box with Taylor. They were Both arm in arm at some point. Both weeks, uh, they spent some time next to each other uh, in luxury suites. And you would think that she would be overcome with emotion and joy. Right. Just because describing. If, if all the Swifties and so many other millions of people around the country are excited about this couple, mm. why wouldn't mom be? Of course. And by the way, I, actually, to be fair to Donna, I don't think that this necessarily means she's not excited. Let's but. Here's what happened when she went on the Today Show. And you would think that you're just going to see her bubbling over with enthusiasm. Here's what happened. Was that the first time you'd met Taylor? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's fairly new, so yeah. I, I don't like to talk about it. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, obviously everybody saw me. I was in the, I was in the boxes with, with her, and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, another thing that's amped up my life. Yeah, what was she like? What was yeah. it? I mean, you, so you got to know her a little bit. Got to see the couple games. How was it? It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you gotta. Uh, moms are the best because they're just not gonna. They're not gonna hold back. They're not gonna try to put on some air. Oh, just like isn't it weird? It's way. weird. It's weird. Like one of the most tepid responses that I've ever seen. And it's just so strange. Why are you sitting on the couch at the Today Show if if right. you don't want to talk about this? Unless unless hold on unless Travis said, Mom. Don't overdo oh, this. Right. It's new. Don't like, go crazy. The Today, get off the Today Show then. <laughs> she is promoting something, you guys. She's promoting Kind Snacks. She has her own collaboration called Donna's uh, Purse Snack. So that's why, and I, of course she knows she's going to be asked about Taylor Swift. And it seems more to me like she's a mom trying not to get too attached because she knows her son. Like this could be a quick, you know, one and done thing. Or I'm two thinking and it could, two I games. have a theory. It's there's no basis in in fact or anything, but I, I think this could be. Oh, what if it's <laughs> That's over? That's never already? stopped. It. Yeah, really. <laughs> right. Why, really. why stop now with that? It, I, what if it's over already and no. this is the response? I do think it is a case of mom, it is not, mom not wanting to get involved and not get over excited about something that but she's in the booth with her. Just, they're arm and arm. Hold on, but they're excited about the game. They're, no, but the she excitement has, but you see, they're arm and arm. The other thing is that she, you know, she's out there selling her products and whatnot, she gets the game here. That's for sure. She understands what this has done with the NFL. And what it's done well, for the NFL, what it's done for Travis. Uh, she was on the Got It From Got It From My Mama, <laughs> Got It From My Mama podcast. Uh, God, there's so many podcasts. I know. It's just, <laughs> I'm learning about a new one every day. But uh, here she is talking to the host about what a, a windfall this has been, especially for the NFL. It's kind of mind-blowing, but the 400% increase in jersey sales, New Heights shot to the very top yeah. of, you know, the biggest podcast in the country, yeah. all because of Taylor sitting in the, the suite that week. Yeah. What, what is your thoughts on that? All I can tell you is that the NFL is laughing all the way to the bank. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, good for them, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. Like, they're getting the uh, ramifications of everything. I can tell you this, that they've told me personally that um, the Kelsey family has done more good PR for 
um, football, um, then they could have paid a million dollars to a PR firm. Well, first of all, the PR firm would charge more than a million bucks. Secondly, <laughs> what about Taylor? <laughs> what, what about her? What about her son? What about her, Harvey? I, oh, gosh, I want to let she seems like a sweet woman. And, and I, I like Donna Kelsey. But this is a little bit tough to swallow here. The, Travis Kelsey, so Donna Kelsey. What does she mean? The NFL is is laughing all the way to the bank. How well, about you? Um, are you laughing they all the way are. to the bank? That, yeah. No, no, no. That part's true. They She's laughing. laughing all the way to the bank more so than the NFL. Well, the only thing I'm saying uh, is I don't know her about son's that. got a popular, a more popular podcast than Joe Rogan now for crying out loud. What are we talking about here? That, it is yeah. pretty crazy. It, I gotta say, it's pretty. Well, crazy. she wasn't saying that only the NFL. The was NFL laughing money. all. Thank God for my sons. The NFL laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Yeah, you too, guys. She's a proud mom, Mike. What else are you going to do? Yeah, I'm sure as the zeros add on to the bank account. I'm sure she is. Hey, TMZ, Jason from Chicago. So here's my take. Of course, the NFL is laughing all the way to the bank. And once again, Roger Goodell is the big winner here. I'm convinced at this point that Goodell isn't letting them break up. This is now an arranged marriage until he retires. He's going to be doing marriage counseling with that. That's hysterical. Before you guys do anything, Rad. That is please, really come talk funny. To <laughs> okay, we got to move on. Yes, uh, to big news from Drake. Not only did his latest album drop last night uh, for all the dogs, um, but that album may be the last one you hear from him for quite some time. Drake made the surprising announcement this morning that he is stepping away from music because he has a particular health issue that he's been putting off and he finally wants to deal with. I probably won't make music for a little bit. I'm going to be real with you. I need to focus on my health first and foremost. I've been having the craziest problems for years with my stomach. I need to focus on, on my health and I need to get right. Um, and I'm going to do that. I need to get right. I have a lot of other things that uh, I would love to focus on. So I'm going to lock the door in the studio for a little bit. I don't even know what a little bit is. Um, maybe maybe a year or something, or maybe a little longer. I, I mean, I, I hear him. I understand him. I don't think I believe him. Drake is is addicted to making music. He makes hits. Uh, he breaks streaming records. He, he breaks chart records. I mean, to see him totally step away from a booth, from doing any features or anything like that for a year, I just don't think is in his DNA. Now, obviously, we don't know the severity of these issues, but if it was kind of to the level uh, where it would force someone to stop working, he wouldn't still be on tour. He wouldn't still be promoting this album. I think it's maybe something that's a good point. He is still touring. Kind of, yeah. yeah, people may be overplaying a little bit because he really didn't give these specifics, but I just don't think he's going to totally stop. I, I wonder it, what If this he does is. totally stop, I got to say, it is a, a huge blow, not just to his fans, but to the music industry in general, because here's, here's a guy who makes an album almost every year on average over the last 10 years, and that drives radio play, it drives streaming, I, you know, like all the streaming services are like, please do not go away, Drake. Well, they I, definitely want what I don't to understand. Well, here's what I don't understand about this: that look, I, I mean, I don't know what the nature of this is, obviously, obviously issue, and, right? and it kind of came out of the blue. And maybe he doesn't fully know yet. Maybe, maybe that's what he's got to explore. He's got to find out. And and I, look, I don't know this, but when you go into the studio, you can do it at your own pace, and in a way, it's a heck of a lot easier than going on tour right. or doing other things where you're making appearances Your because point, you do why it. Why couldn't you? You can just record whenever you can. And that would be the easiest thing to do of all the things he does rather than traveling around and doing all the yeah. things he does. So I was just a little surprised that it was the recording part 
that falls by the wayside, and then he said, I'm yeah, going to do other things. There's a, there's a creative stress that comes along with making the album. You're right, you can do it at whatever pace, but just to actually create it and sit down with all the collaborators, yeah. the writers of a song, and get it right, that can be stressful. And depending on what his stomach issue is, that might not be the best thing for him to do. One thing we should note, though, if he takes a break, it seems like his son is ready to uh, to sub in because uh, Adonis oh, yeah. is actually on his new album for all the dogs that he released this morning uh, on one of the songs. It kind of sounds like a freestyle. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but he's only five. We, we, got, <laughs> we got a look. Here is the five-year-old future rap star Adonis. Don't talk to my man like that. I like it when you make it. My, 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 my man. So, I mean, we got Blue Ivy, <laughs> uh, we got Northwest, uh -huh. we got Adonis. So there's this whole new market Next generation. for under 10. Wow. Next generation. And they're all successful. <laughs> hey, TMZ. My name is Matt. I'm in Wellington, Florida. And my take on Drake is that I think he should stop making music for at least two or three years. I mean, Why? this album was an atrocity for the when I turned it on this morning. I did not like it. I didn't like his last one. Certified Lover Boy was okay. It's it, it's just I think he I think taking a break would be good for him and the music industry. All right, I haven't he's, heard. He didn't say he's quitting on Drake altogether. He's just saying maybe he's he's focusing on quantity too much in this particular See, listener. That would like to be what he's saying. Quality. I think we're going to get that. Well, Kanye West decided he wanted a day of wellness. Um, he and uh, Ty Dolla Sign decided they were going to get pedicures. Yeah. Um, something goes wrong, though, during this pedicure. And we're going to play the video for you here. It's, I, I'm not really sure what went wrong, but for some reason, Kanye just went off in the middle and was like, I'm done. This is it. I'm out of here. We've seen him. What a shock. Walk off before, <laughs> get <laughs> really irate and just walk out. I didn't think it would happen during a pedicure. They know we out here. Ah, whoa. Oh. Yeah, that. Okay. No, I'm not gonna do the rest of it. I gotta, I'm not gonna do it. Oh, it's, uh, no, it's just the... Oh, no, it's my toes. It's my toes. It's my toes. I'm not going to do it. That hurt. No, I don't understand. Wrap it up. I'm not going to do it. Uh, okay. Okay. And do the hands? Nope. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, oh, look on Ty Dollar Sign's face. is like, that's what is happening? No, no. Miracle. It's my toes. By the way. It's my toes. Can I just say that... I mean, you're welcome that we can show you gripping TV like a pedicure. You're welcome. <laughs> no, we need to thank Ty Dolla Sign. He's the one who posted it <laughs> and, then, and then deleted it. But I mean, you and also that poor woman, because Kanye's been walking around Europe barefoot all summer. So I can't oh, imagine he true. has the right. nicest feet. Oh, you're right. By the way, and, and, and you could tell that she took some personal offense to him so not he was, wanting to finish it. So what was he saying, that it hurt? He, she, he did say something about that it hurt. hurt and it, yeah, he and was saying it hurt, which is a little weird. I uh, got my first pedicure a couple years ago. Love them, but my feet are a little ticklish, so sometimes it's like a little hard to, to stay still. But he seems like it was hurting him, which is a little bizarre. No, Although I actually didn't. had one pedicure in my life, and it did hurt.
Um, it actually did. I've never gotten another one since. It would really bug me. Which makes no sense because they're so relaxing. They take all the dead skin off your feet and they give you that little calf massage. You didn't like the massage? Uh, I, I, right. I was like in a bad way the whole time. It just drove me kind of crazy. Um, where was this? Was this in the United States? Is he back? I, I think it's in LA. It's unclear where the like. No, he didn't in a hotel say room, where obviously. he posted it, but I believe he's been in LA recording. So, and why that? Why that woman have a pumpkin over her face? Is what I'm wondering. Uh, obviously, they didn't want to reveal. They her were trying identity. to conceal her identity. <laughs> that was the funniest thing this morning. And also, it's Halloween. <laughs> well, no, because when we had the morning meeting, it was on Devin's computer, and it was far away from where I stand. And you're like, "There's a jack o' lantern." And it, looked, it looked like a pumpkin head to me. Hey guys, what's up? It's Nick LaRocco representing Dirt Sheet Radio out in the Chicagoland area. I am so very sorry for what I'm about to say, but we're all thinking this, right? They just got off on the wrong foot. Ooh. Oh, oh really? Wow. Really? Wow. You're you're upset you didn't think about that. Yeah, you, want, you wanted to say it. Never in the, in the would intro. say anything like that. Huh. Um never? Do you, uh, but wait a minute. So he had to pay, right? I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he paid. But I will say for for the the what do you call them? Artist, the nail pedicure, the pedicurist. pedicurist? Is that what they're called? Uh, uh, nail nail tech. tech, of course. Uh, you know, she probably went into this thinking, oh, this is a big deal for me, right? These are high level clients that you want to have re repeat business with. And then the guy just walks out. So it's very disappointing for her, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and plus, okay. Okay, face. enough pedicure maybe. Yes. Uh, we are going to move on. Move on to something actually very serious. Yeah. Jason Derulo responding to a lawsuit that accuses him of sexual harassment of an artist uh, who claims that he cut her loose merely because she would not sleep with him. This lawsuit was filed by Imaza Gibson yesterday. And this morning, Jason Derulo posted a video not only denying what she said, but just uh, he... Seems like he doesn't understand where this is coming from. He says this is not something he would ever do. I wouldn't normally comment, but these claims are completely false and hurtful. I stand against all forms of harassment and I remain supportive of anybody following their dreams. I've always strived to live my life in a positively impactful way. And that's why I sit here before you deeply offended by these defamatory claims. God bless. Did he ever say whether he knew her or not, or do we know? Oh, I think oh, it's clear he that he did Harvey, know her. He definitely knows her. She's, she's, an, she's an artist who he worked with and was under this deal. I don't think he's denying that he knows her, but the nature of the allegations that she made were that he said something about wanting to uh, do some goat skin and fish scales, which is apparently a reference to uh, sacrifice rituals and drugs and made sexual advances towards her, all of which made her very uncomfortable according to her lawsuit. And she eventually says she was terminated from her deal and didn't pay any attention to her and, and shifted when, his attention. When, when, and that's when, you say, when you say terminated from her deal, does that under what, his under his uh, label? Under his, is, is it a label? Oh, yeah, or? yeah, I'm sorry. There was there was a deal between him and this artist. Her name is Amaza Gibson. Where he was supposed to produce a mixtape for her, an album in six months, a single featuring Derulo. So there were a lot of conditions, and she said it never really got off the ground because when he made these sexual advances and I rebuffed them, he lost interest in me and got upset. Hi, um, I'm Tiana Mitchell from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I think this situation is very unfortunate. I feel like it's a lot of situations like this, like happens in the industry. Um, 
Jason's video was a little skeptical. He didn't really say if he knew her or not, like you guys said. Um, and I just hope that he is innocent in this case. Um, because if not, then that's just a really bad look. And it's going to go further than just uh, apology video that he tried to put out. That wasn't yeah. an apology video. No, definitely not that, an apology. That was a video saying that he was... Um, Interesting that he took that approach to actually affirmatively come out and yeah. make that statement. I was thinking that I was too. thinking about Lizzo, who did the opposite and didn't say anything right. all other than to, through her spokespeople, deny it. But he went he the other route. Yeah, he wanted to go full bore. Yeah. Well, you're about to see how you react, how this particular person reacted when he was arrested for one of the most notorious unsolved cases in American history right now, I would say, the murder of Tupac. So 27 years ago. 27 years later, uh, as you know, uh, Dwayne Keith D. Davis was taken into custody uh, by Las Vegas police. Now we have the body cam video that shows how it all went down. And for the, the, the as big as the crime is, the arrest, was a very casual thing, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that Keith D has been talking about this. It has nonstop for years. It has everything to do with that. So watch what happens. Uh, the police, uh, Keith is out walking in his neighborhood, and the cops just roll up on him. Hey, Keith, Metro Police, come over here. Hey, Metro Police, come over here. All right, thanks, buddy. Come on over here. Appreciate your cooperation, okay? I'm stand right here in front of the car. Yep, pleasure. Yep, go and put I'll it down. You. I put that down for a second, all right? You got another dog here, right? All right, sir, go and uh, have a seat right in here. I'm going to help you out. Yep, just kind of put your butt up against there. Kick that foot up. Yeah, you ready? Oh, I'm a pro, dude. I got it. Oh, you got it, all right. <laughs> he said I'm a pro. He said I'm a pro, all right. So what they got you for, man? Uh, oh, man. Biggest case in... Uh... Oh yeah? Yeah. Like recent? Uh-huh. Here's the way I see this. <laughs> this guy wanted to be arrested for this. It's well, why I don't he's know been let let me make my point. He has been screaming from the mountaintops for fifteen years right. that he was involved in this. He has to know what he's doing. I think he he was waiting for this moment. Well, you know and what he, I just and, remember. And, and, and just one other point. The interesting thing to me is that when cops arrest somebody for a murder, they come out with guns, yeah. they handcuff you, they are all business. This was so casual on the cops' part. Very casual. That they knew that his reaction was going to be, finally, you're you coming know to get me. You know what I, I just what I forgot is that, remember, there was a huge raid at his at the home house. At, right. in July. So at that point, he definitely had to know, all right, they didn't arrest me that time. They're going to be back soon. So I, maybe that's why he's just so casual about it. But for him to actually name, drop the date. Guys, it, I don't think for those who don't know, to be arrested 7th. is a stretch right now. You know, like, he's being labeled, KPD is being labeled as a clout chaser across the Internet, and it, he's way too comfortable to be arrested and be a part of grand history. You know, I think this is his destiny. This it is interesting that he told the cops, like, it was almost like he was bragging. notorious the murderer in Las Vegas. Vegas history. He has a date. Charles, I'm telling you, he yeah. wanted to be arrested. He's yeah. been waiting for this day. He has the spotlight on this thing. And I yeah. think Trent is right. This was cloud chasing. 
But the 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 fact that the cops even knew that they were the I have never seen a more casual arrest for murder. And as for the cops reaction, he probably wasn't even around or was probably in kindergarten. Right. Yeah, that's right. Got murdered. No, that's absolutely right. This is a wild story. They didn't even, I didn't say, they didn't run up on him. They just kind of casually walked over. Hey, Keith, how you doing, man? Do you mind if we're going to take you in right now? Hey, you know, get in the car right here. I mean, it was the most, I've never seen anything like it. Keith is thirsty, all right? He's thirsty for attention. Remember, here's a guy that confessed his involvement in Tupac's murder, but then he kept talking in all these interviews. And then when Metro arrests him, as we saw right there, Davis sounds disappointed, too, that there was no media caravan. Where's the media, he's asking. He wants the attention. He wants the TV time, and he wants to pose for his legendary perp walk. You know, if he pleads not guilty... right. Well, that means he knows there's going to be a trial. No, no, no. But here's the thing. That jury may say, you plead not guilty, and you say, this guy just is chasing fame, and he really didn't do it, but he's one of those guys that confesses to things he doesn't do. And you confuse the jury. I think I Except think we're going to see was Keefe in D the endorsements. Car. I think Keefe D is going to take this, you know, his book deals, TV shows. You know, I think this is part but of his legacy. In order to get the book deals, he's got to be acquitted. And I just don't see how that happens. I just think with, in a weird way, the defense is he keeps saying he did it, so he couldn't have. It's weird. <laughs> so you uh, can do reverse psychology, reverse on, psychology the jury. on the jury. Wow. To say that this is a treat, what we're about to do is the grossest understatement. I, I am so excited. how he's jumping out of his skin already. <laughs> this has always been a point of contention for me in this office. I grew up watching the movie Airplane. I probably watched it one summer, like on VHS, maybe five dozen times. I have seen this a hundred times. And I love it. But it doesn't, my love for the movie does not compare to Harvey's love for it, who quotes it daily around here. So the fact that we can talk to two of the three masterminds mm. behind it today uh, is, like I said, an absolute treat. They and have there's a, a new and, this is, and this is an occasion because yes. of the book. There is a book out that is all about the making of it. Ugh. It's called Surely You Can't Be Serious, <laughs> The True Story of Airplane. And if you know the movie, you get the title. And if you don't, you should see the movie and then read the book. But and, uh, I'm so excited. Uh, Let's jo- bring them on. Yes, joining us right now. Uh, the co-directors, co-writers of the film, Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrams, uh, welcome to TMZ Live. It is an honor to have you both here. A total honor. It's a, it's great to have some place that's honored to have us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very often, so this is great. Honestly, I'm kind of starstruck right now, so I'm I'm just going to try. So the movie came out in 1980, and. Um, I, I will say, first of all, thank you. You have given me so many hours of pleasure with this movie. I, I can't even begin to tell you. But it was, God, it's been so long. Um, why'd you wait so long for a story like this that I wanted to read like 30 years ago? I think we just had um, better things to do. And, uh, <laughs> so, They've done other things besides Airplane, yeah. <laughs> and, and probably some of it... I know some of it had to do with the fact that we've been as stunned and pleased as anyone by how long the movie has stayed around and been popular and everything. And I think we all kind of had this desire to write this book in case someday any of our kids or our grandkids want to know what happened all those years ago. 
So when you did this movie, I mean, it's so funny because I, I think about it all the time. I mean, that scene in particular. Um, yeah, we'll get to that scene. <laughs> you, you couldn't do that today. And I'm wondering if that was, it, it didn't occur to me back then. For that, those who don't know, we're talking about the jive, the jive talk scene. With Barbara right? Billingsley. Yes. So um, was there discussion even way back then about, gee, can we push the envelope this far? Or was comedy so fundamentally different that you could do anything as long as there was humor as the underpinning? I don't think we've ever worried about good taste, Harvey. You know, <laughs> just, uh, but, but we really, we, we um, you know, then it, that jive talk was popular. We had, we'd all seen the movie Shaft. And uh, we we couldn't uh, understand anything that they were saying, but it occurred to us that we were the clueless ones. Uh, and I actually think we could do this today, except that jive is no longer current. But but when this came up, black audiences loved it. You're right. You could do it today. You could absolutely do it today. Just it, the the slang is different, but uh, you would have. There are things that people say today that you wouldn't understand and it would be the same thing. We went to see the movie when it first came out in 1980 with an entirely black audience. And I think maybe we were a little apprehensive when that scene, those scenes came up. But in fact, they laughed harder than the white audiences because the joke is uh, not that they speak jive, but the joke is, this stupid white guy didn't understand translation. It. Yeah. And that Barbara Billingsley is the one who has to translate right. is also part of And you just can't find anybody better than Barbara <laughs> Billingsley. I'm sorry. You just cannot find anybody better than so, her. So, by the way, one of the things in the book, so we should get to the book, is really about everything behind the scenes and making it. Uh, and I, I saw that one of the things you get into there is who actually wrote that scene um, and what went into that. Like, I, I, maybe that's part of what you guys were just saying, that when you sat down to write it, did you feel like we want to say this? We want it to. We know what we want it to be. How do we make sure the audience doesn't misunderstand it? Well, we just wrote like Mosho Wafa. I mean, we just it was just nuts and uh, uh, nothing. And when um, uh, Norm uh, Gibbs and Al White came in, we kind of you know apologized to them that this was the best that three white Jewish guys from Milwaukee could do. But you know, <laughs> could they? you know, um, help us with it. And and they wrote everything. I mean, they they wrote all this uh, jive and uh, and also taught Barbara Billingsley how to say jive. They wrote her part. And and uh, 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 and it was a really funny to I remember being on the set and seeing Al White <laughs> teaching Barbara Billingsley to speak jive. <laughs> That's that. the video that needs to, that's the video that's we right. need to see. Tell us about the audio version, because you've got these huge stars, like big stars that, um, that have recorded. Uh, amazing that they all said yes, or most of them said yes. I mean, um, Michael Eisner and Barry Diller, Sarah Silverman, David Letterman. I mean, it's it really, I think everyone was kind of surprised that all these people uh, said yes and, and, and recorded their own uh, audio. And you mentioned Letterman. Letterman was auditioned and you didn't, you didn't take him. You didn't think he was good. Actually, it's funny. He looked great on screen um, and he obviously has great comic timing. You know, he's so funny, but he's just... 
he's not phony enough to be an actor. I mean, in a way, you he just it feels too much like to him. You, you know, and I don't mean that as a knock on actors. It's a it's a you know, it's an amazing talent to be able to do that. But but it just for David, I think it felt too phony and he couldn't go there. And I have never seen anybody so thrilled not to get a part. I mean, he really was kind of reluctant. And, and when we called him to tell him, you know, feeling kind of apologetic, he just he just said, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, guys, congratulations. The book is out now. But I, I had a question I just wanted to ask both of you because I have maybe it's a different answer. Um, when people see your name and they realize who you are, what line do they throw at you most from Airplane? They usually ask me if I've ever seen a god man naked. I did that in the office. Yeah, you do, we and it's inappropriate. In the office. And it's inappropriate. <laughs> well, I had a friend ask me if I had any good <laughs> material. <laughs> okay, I have, we've been in the show for a long time. And I, I've, Charles knows, I mean, he's I, I'm bored to death that I tell him how much I love this movie. I got you two guys in front of us, okay? And I always wanted to do this. Oh, boy. And I'm going to do it. I have a confession for both you guys. Is this like a, 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 a Catholic confession? I, I have no idea what's about to happen. Sorry, guys. I got, I got a confession to make, guys. I got a drinking problem. <laughs> oh. What what are you doing? What, what? <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in Airplane. I'm sorry. Oh boy. Someone get the blow dryer out here. What are you doing? I don't know. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, well, you did it. Now you're really a fan. Very few people <laughs> that far. Thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor to have you. It is. The book is available now. Um, if you've seen the movie, you have to read this book, obviously. And if you haven't, for some reason, seen the movie, do that and then get the book. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Zucker, Jim Abrams, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. And uh, Thanks, guys. We got to get a towel for this guy. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys so much. All right. Okay. We are going to take a break. All right. <laughs> when we come back, Uber, it is not your grandfather, well, your father's Uber. It hasn't been around that long. <laughs> this company is making some big changes. No longer just driving you places. But is this going to be a moneymaker, this new service they're offering? We're going to get into it by following the money with our buddy Damon John when we come back. So Uber is expanding. Uh, the folks who uh, give you a ride wherever it is you want to go um, have decided, eh, that's boring. <laughs> and it, actually, I feel like they're maybe taking the Amazon model of be everything to everyone. It's a lifestyle brand now. Um, and now they are going to actually, instead of you going to UP, US, uh, UPS, FedEx, or the post office and standing in line to send back packages, they'll actually pick it up for you. Um, and I can't figure out how they're going to make money off this because it's really, really cheap. So we're talking money, and that means we're following the money, and that means we're bringing in Damon John, our buddy Damon John from Shark Tank. Uh, who helps us follow the money every week. Uh, Damon, <coughs> welcome back. And how in the world is Uber going to make money? It's too cheap. The price is just, what, five bucks? 
Five bucks, but but think about it like this. So so first of all, they're they say that only ten percent of people return goods, but women return a lot of goods. They buy a lot of goods. They buy ten times every one time a man shops, and if they don't know old brand, if they're buying a size ten jeans, they'll buy a ten and another size because they're not certain how it fits and they have to return it. But if you're going to an apartment building or a lot of places that have a mass amount of people and you're getting five bucks times six or seven or eight or ten, there you go. You know, you do that three, four times a day. You don't have any customers in the car. and You can you can have any kind of car. It doesn't have to be Uber black. I think that this is absolutely genius because people will also return more goods. So, so is this the Amazon model where Amazon was in a narrow lane and then it got wider oh, and wider yeah, so and this. wider? I mean, is this the beginning of the real expansion of Uber and other ride shares into more of a lifestyle kind of thing where they can service lots about what you do day to day? Well, this is what we call forced technology. This is why the world is changing in one month uh, the way it used to change in one year, because what happens once you invent something and then you invent something else like, well, I'm going to put an uh, iPod together. Wait a minute. I'm going to do an iPhone. Wait, I'm going to do an iPad. Wait a minute. I'm going to do a watch that connects to that. Wait, it's all called forced technology and they don't necessarily foresee it coming. But then it comes and it happens. And this is, yes, I have a customer. Remember, there's only three ways to service a customer, right? There is to find a new one, which is extremely hard, or upsell a current one or make one buy more frequently. They're just up, they're just supersizing everybody's fries right now. And that is the way that they're using their business. And I, you know what? They're doing something else that I really think that we should talk about that's really amazing. They're starting to take EBT and uh, basically food stamps now. And that's another forced technology they're doing. Mm. So if you look at 42 million uh, people in this country are on food stamps and they live in food deserts, well, now they have mobility issues or don't want to send their child out to go and get food for them. Uber's going to deliver that too. We may, they may end up being, uh, being uh, uh, very beneficial for those who can't get around and can't eat. Huh. So, so this is um, hmm. the, the ever expansion, uh, expansion of Uber. And can we expect other rideshare companies to start doing this? Because you're right, they have the workforce is there, so that's fine. Um, why not? Why wouldn't all of them start doing other things? Absolutely, I think this is great. Um, I think this is good for business. But this is the first quarter that they've actually. Uh, returned and made a profit 325 million this first quarter they came out with uber east 2019 did 14 billion everybody said i don't know if that's going to work by 2022 55 billion dollars that means they 3x the business in three years that's incredible it seems like taxi cabs just kind of laid down and died and when you see uber um, not not only succeeding, but succeeding, as you just said, spectacularly financially. Why didn't taxi cabs put up more of a fight? Because it just seems like they're totally out of the game. You know, this answer is why people are saying AI doesn't work or not going to work or is going to take our job. And the old guard is trying to say, oh, why would you go? We have we have uh, all these major networks. Why would you have something called the TMZ? Nobody's going to take it serious. And they're trying because the medallions used to cost a lot. Technology is, yes, it can hurt us all in some ways, but anything can. But it's creating a democracy. It is breaking down the walls. Hey, listen, 
I don't want to go to a stockbroker. I want to go to this platform and buy as many stocks as I want. Uh, you know, Uber, all these things are really, it, it is democratizing everybody. And it's giving power to everybody, right? Because even like a boss, right? You, you know, a lot of the workforce does not want to work anymore. Well, then if AI is going to replace you, guess what's going to happen with AI? They're not going to call in sick. They're not going to have an argument with their girlfriend. And they're not going to get pay, asked to get paid more. Right. So you got to understand that the, the old guard who's not changing with any of this stuff, like the medallions who are like, oh, it costs two hundred thousand dollars for a medallion. Nobody else can do this. Yeah. They're in trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, Damon, all we need to do now, right? I got I to find a service that can bring a blow dryer <laughs> to dry off this guy's shirt. I don't know if you, you saw we were just talking to the folks from uh, Airplane. That was so exciting. Yeah, and he had to audition. <laughs> oh, just a that's, mess. That's what you call enjoying what you do. That's the true statement. Even when okay, Damon, it's great talking to you as always. We'll see you next week. Hi, <laughs> guys. Peace. See ya. Well, Britney Spears decided she had to get out of Dodge. And when you're Britney, that really just means calling, the, uh, calling someone. I don't know. Who does she call and say, fuel up the jet? I need a getaway. Uh, she calls one of them places in Van Nuys Airport. Um, so after all the talk Oh, wait last a minute, week, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not Van Nuys. No, that's, I know what this that's is. That's where they're almost landing. No, they, they landed in Tahiti, and then they took one of those puddle yes, jumpers over yes, to Bora jumper. Bora. Uh-huh. So she uh, went to French Polynesia, the South Pacific, uh, on the heels of, this was when she took off, was right after all of the posts with the, uh, the, the night knives, dancing. which had everybody talking, and so she decided she needed a little getaway. Yeah, a little getaway to a private island, so really not that little. So she stayed at the Brando, which is a super famous celebrity, you know, hotel. If the name, if you recognize the name, Beyonce stayed here, Kim Kardashian has stayed here. It ain't cheap, by the way. It's about 20K for, you know, a nice private villa that has a pool. Charlie, you know what the islands, you know what, why it has the name Brando, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something creative. I. I don't know. Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando used to you stay in that island, yes. and they called it Brando Island, and then they built this resort. So there you go, well, folks. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for the history tip. Learn You're something new every day. Always here to help. Hi, Christy, Orlando, Florida. I have to say that, you know, Brittany, she might have just been ringing in the Halloween spirit for all of her fans. As far as getting away to an island, you know, sometimes the soul just needs that cleansing of some salt water and sand on your feet. The soul always needs that cleansing. It's just... Not most people can afford it to just pick up and go like that. Boy, is it beautiful. Yeah. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hi, my name is Brianna from St. Louis, Missouri, and I am talking about Taylor Swift and Tra Travis Kelsey. I think it is a ploy to get more women to go to NFL games, to watch NFL games. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. You think, so you think Taylor Conspiracy. Swift is helping the NFL draw more women in and that's why this is going on? Yes. And the reason is she couldn't get with like a bad, a player on a bad team. Travis Kelsey is one of the only few players in their thirties who plays for a team who's been to the Super Bowl. What? The last three times in the last four right, years. Right. Right. And he's single. Exactly. So they had to find, all right, we need a winning team. We need a superstar. 
He's gotta be single. He can't be too much of a bad boy, or he can't be... Or he's yeah. just a hot guy that you wanted to date. I mean, that not that the other scenario here? Hi, I'm Sammy from Chicago, Illinois. With Kanye's whole pedicure thing, I think the only reason it got awkward in the first place was because she kept pushing him to do more after he kept saying no. So I think his response was really polite given the circumstances. I just think the delivery of how he chooses to say things is so funny to me. We've seen other reactions around here. You meet the uh, most interesting people when you're sitting courtside at an NBA game. I know this because I frequently sit courtside, as I do. I never sit courtside. Once. Um, I did, oh, I did once. I did once. I did once. Um, but uh, Michael B. Jordan was courtside before the NBA game in Abu Dhabi. They played an exhibition game over there, and he had what could have been a very awkward uh, run-in, but seems like uh, they've squashed any particular beef there might have been, Steve Harvey. Uh, so as Michael B. Jordan's walking around, bumps into Steve Harvey, and of course, the backdrop here being that, remember, he dated Steve's daughter, Lori, for a couple of years. Um, and then when it ended, it ended kind of badly. Like, Michael B. Jordan seemed really hurt by this breakup. I still think that Steve Harvey looks at Michael B. Jordan as the one who got away. Even if Lori doesn't, I think Steve really wanted them to... Cannot disagree with that. Cannot yeah. disagree. Uh, have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday.